You're highly welcome to the Precious People's Assembly for All Nations podcast, a place where we share God's word and empower you for your assignment in the marketplace, guided by Senior Pastor Sam Otenaki. Now, why don't you sit tight for today's sermon as we dig deep into the word and discover how to be God's representatives wherever we go. Let the rivers of living water flow. Let it flow and bring healing to you. Let that river flow and bring healing to you. And bring succor and bring health. Father, we thank you. Blessed be your holy name. Father, our spirit cries out to you this morning. Shouting Elohim Adonai. Come true for us. Let every wilderness be turned into a fruitful harvest. Let every dry lives and desert situation and experiences become fruitful. By your spirit, let fruitfulness be your people's portion. In the name of Jesus, let every desolate life Become fruitful in the name of Jesus. Let your living waters flow to bring fruitfulness, to bring health, to bring joy, to lift up hearts that are bound in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Blessed be your holy name. We lift our hands and just appreciate you, Lord, because you are faithful. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. And the people of God say, let's give it up to the Lord. Thank you, precious voices. Let's give it up to him this morning. Make a joyful noise to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. The Lord is good and his mercies endures forever. Amen. Let me look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, every desolate places in and around you, they are becoming fruitful. Fruitfulness is your portion. Fruitfulness is your portion. In this season, you will be fruitful. You will not lack. Because the Lord, my God, will make a way for you. In the name of Jesus. Please give it up to the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. Please may be seated. Glory to God. Once again, let me welcome you to this beautiful service. Today, the fifth day of November, 2023. My privilege in the last but one month of the year and the Lord who has brought you this far will keep you. He will preserve you. You will overcome the whole of 2023 in the name of Jesus. You will be more than a conqueror because you will conquer this year in the name of Jesus. 
on Thursday, by the grace of God, we began to look at the second phase of leadership, the phase of the ox, a young bull in leadership. Young bull. Our text is from Ezekiel chapter number one. We'll read verses one, five, and ten. And then we go to Ezekiel chapter 10, verse 14. And then Revelations 4, verse number 7. Hallelujah. In the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the exiles by the Kebat Canal, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. And from the midst of it came the likeness of four living creatures, verse number five. And this was their appearance. They had a human likeness. But each of their four faces and each of them had four wings, verse number 10. Ezekiel 1.10. As for the likeness of their faces, each had a human face. The four had the face of a lion on the right side the face of an ox on the left side and the face of an eagle at the back. Ezekiel 10, 14. And everyone had four faces. The first face was the face of a cherub. The second face was a human face. The third, the face of a lion. And the fourth, the face of an eagle. Revelations 4, 7. The first living creature like a lion. The second living creature like an ox. The third living creature with the face of a man. And the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. Hallelujah. We've taken some quality time to look at the first face, which is the face of a lion. And last Thursday, we introduced to us the second face, which is the face of an ox. Glory to God. And we said to us that the ox, traditionally, is a large domesticated animal that is used for farming duties, such as plowing the land or turning millstones as the case may be. But suffice it to know that it's used for plowing. is an agricultural implement. It's used to serve. It's used to plow. Hallelujah. We looked at a few scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 10. The Bible says, We shall not plow an ox and a donkey together. The emphasis there is to plow with an ox. Plowing with an ox. Hallelujah. In Deuteronomy 25, verse number 4, the Bible says, You shall not muzzle an ox while it threshes the grain. You shall not muzzle an ox when it is treading out the grain. The emphasis is on the work that is doing, which is treading out the grain. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible tells us in the book of Leviticus chapter 9, Leviticus 9, 18. 
Another thing we emphasized that the ox is used for is a sacrifice. The ox is used for sacrifice. In, during the times, the biblical times, that's the context that from the context of the scriptures. Unblemished oxen were called in, they were called for in Israelitic sacrifices. Leviticus 9.18 Then they killed the ox and the ram, the sacrifice of peace offerings for the people. And Aaron's sons handed him the blood and he threw it against the sides of the altar. Hallelujah. So they are also used for sacrifices. Second Samuel 16. Second Samuel chapter 16. We we'll read from verse 12. Glory to God. It may be that the Lord will look on the wrong done to me. Hallelujah. Second, first Samuel 16. That should be first Samuel 16. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. The ark, God specified a particular way the ark should be lifted. Because God is a God of order. So he specified there's a particular way the ark should be lifted or should be carried upon the shoulders of men. Glory to God. And when the ark was not so carried, something happened. Glory to God. What was it that happened? A man had to pay the price because he tried to hold the ark of God. And when God killed Uzzah, what happened? David had to abandon the ark that this is too much for us. And it was taken into the house of Obed-Edom. Amen? Glory to God. Then what happened? So when they decided to go bring back, have you found a scripture for me, technology? Second Samuel. I think I got my quotation wrong. When the ark was retrieved from the house of Obededom. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Okay, six. They put the ark of the Lord on the cart. Yes, thank you. It's chapter six. First Samuel six. Next verse, twelve. Verse twelve. Praise God forevermore. Thank you, Lord. The preacher's dilemma. And I have an amen. Praise God forevermore. Okay. Don't worry. I'll find it for you. Those with technology cannot help me. I will help myself. Thank you. 
2 Samuel 6, 12. And it was told King David, the Lord has blessed the household of Obededom and all that belongs to him. Why? Because of the ark of God. So when he heard that, just for three months, the ark stayed in the house of Obededom. So David went and brought up the ark of God from where? From the house of Obededom to the city of David with what? With rejoicing. Then what happened? He had to, as he was, heart was delighted in the Lord when those who bought the ark of the Lord had gone six steps as they were bringing the ark back. Now they were carrying it properly. What happened? When they go six steps, what will David do? He sacrificed an ox and a fattened animal. Next verse. Look at how extravagant David's love was for God. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen effort. Hallelujah. And David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn. Imagine that every six steps, what was sacrificed? A cow was sacrificed. What an extravagant way to show the love of God. But the point we're trying to highlight here is that an ox is an object of sacrifice. 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings 18, let's read 23 and 24. Elijah and the 450 prophets of Baal. 1 Kings 23 and 24. Let two bulls be given to us. Let them choose one bull for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire on it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire on it. Then you will call upon the name of your God and I will call upon the name of the Lord my God. And the God who answers by fire he is God. And all the people answered, it is well spoken. What was the object of sacrifice? A bull. Hallelujah. We said an ox is a bull, a young bull, a calf. These are various other synonyms that are used to describe the ox. Hallelujah. Furthermore, we said to us on Thursday that the poetic books of Psalm, Proverbs, and the book of Isaiah, the word that was translated ox or young bull or calf is the word shar, and that it depicts an ox that walks or that is sacrificed. Hallelujah. An ox that walks or is sacrificed. Amen. Friends, this morning we are looking at that face of an ox and what it stands for as far as leadership. What it depicts as far as leadership is concerned. You permit me to submit to you that looking at Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 10, and Revelation chapter 4, the general sense of that young bull or ox or an animal that is referred to in scriptures as being fit for service and sacrifice. Hallelujah. An ox is an animal that is fit for service and also for sacrifice. Amen. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 4. Proverbs 14, verse 4. Technology, remove this, your time. You are confusing me. The time is saying I have 19 minutes more. 
Uh, so I'm just trying to, it just destabilized me and I'm trying to, you know, where am I going to start? Can I have an amen? God bless you. Thank you. Glory to God. Don't put me under pressure. And I was looking at it 19 minutes. I've not even started. Where am I going to start from? You can see me not even remembering the scriptures again. May God deliver you. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Lillian, you're welcome in Jesus' name. It's nice to have you back. Glory to God. I can relax now and take my time. Can I have an amen? Put your hands together. You see, these technology people, you see what technology is doing. And they put me under pressure. Glory to God. Don't worry, we won't exceed 11.30. That's a pact with the leaders and with you, our workforce, and with you, our members. Can I have an amen? Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 4. Proverbs 14, 4. An ox is an animal that is fit for service. Where, no, where there are no oxen, the manger is what? It's clean. But abundant crops come by the strength of what? Hallelujah. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. The crib is clean. But the abundant crop comes, hallelujah, by the strength of the ox. In other words, the service of the ox produces abundance of crops. Hallelujah. May your service in God's vineyard bring in much abundance of souls to, kin- to God's kingdom. I said, may your service in God's vineyard bring in a fruitful, abundant souls even into the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. Because by the abundance of crops come by the strength of the oxen. Isaiah 30. Isaiah chapter 30. Let's read from verse 23 to 26. We're trying to look at a few scriptures that talks about the fact that an ox is one that is fit for service. Fit for service. We've looked at a few that try to depict how fit or how they are used for sacrifice. Isaiah 30 from verse number 23. And it will give rain for the seed with which you sow the ground and bread. Amen? Seed before bread. Please take note of that. Anywhere in the scripture you find seed and bread, seed always comes before bread. Can I have an amen? It always comes before bread. And I've told you, just for emphasis, when God brings some resources into your life, he has put within those resources, within the profit, within the blessings, he has put some seed which you are expected to sow so that you can reap a future harvest. Shout hallelujah. Do you understand the logic and the policy and the principles of God? Whenever he brings something into your hands, he has put within that which he brought seed. All must not be bread. If you eat all, there will be nothing for you to reap in the future. So it's always seed first. So, and that's why he counsels when you receive your emolument, your business, whatever it is, is there are tithes that are laden within it. There are offerings that are hidden within it. There are your investments that are hidden within it. There are seed within whatever it is God brings into your hand. And God expects you to sow that seed so that there can be a future harvest. Can I have an amen?
let me explain myself. Is the ground of investment supposed to be the church? Is it just tithes and offerings? Oh, no. Those are statutory requirements. Those are not the investments. Call those insurance. Can I have an amen? It says, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And I will open the windows of heaven to you. Malachi chapter 3. But when he's talking about seed, when God brings an income into your life, take away that which is the Lord's, which is statutory. It's like paying your VAT, which you add to your quotation as a businessman. The government will deduct it. Can I have an amen? If they don't deduct it, they will come after you. The taxman will come after you. Because it's value-added tax. So your tithe and your offerings, call those your VAT and your withholding tax. But your investment, after you have paid your bills, pay yourself. Hello? Take some away and put away, either as a savings or in a form of investment for a future harvest. Can I have an amen? So I just thought to highlight that. It will give rain for the seed with, with which you sow the ground. And bread, the produce of the ground, will be rich and plenteous. But if you eat all without taking your seed out of it to sow for the future, when the future comes, you just open your mouth and say, open your mouth and I will feel it. You may keep it open for a long time. Can I have an amen? That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. It will give rain for the seed with which you sow the ground and bread, the produce of the ground, which will be rich and plenteous, in that day, your livestock will graze where? In large pastures. And verse 24, and the oxen and the donkeys that walk the ground will eat seasoned fodder, which has been winnowed with shovel and fork. The emphasis there is the oxen. We just stop at 24. The oxen and the donkeys, these are cousins. Can I have an amen? They belong to the same family, but they are cousins. Can I have an amen? A cow is different from a donkey. Shout hallelujah. But their duties are the same. It says that walk the ground. An emphasis on the fact that they are fit for service. An oxen is fit for service. They walk the ground. And he that walks the ground will eat season further. Shout hallelujah. The workman, the, the workman is worthy of his wages. God didn't call you to serve and serve for nothing. Even the oxen and the donkeys that walk the ground, they eat seasoned further. You don't give them junks. You bring their food. You buy their whatever it is so that they can give you enough abundance of crops. Can I have an Amen. The workman is worthy of his wages. So when you are working and serving the Lord or serving humanity, I want you to know that your life is guaranteed for success. Can I have an amen? Glory to God. In Luke chapter 19, we're trying to examine the fact that the oxen is fit for service. In Luke 19, you will recall Jesus was given a story, one of the participants, give me Luke 19 verse 15. A man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, you know, he exclaimed and he was wondering. He says, look, 
What a blessing it is to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Glory to God. So Jesus replied with this story. Give us the New Living Translation. Thank you. Glory to God. Luke chapter 19. Jesus had to tell them a story. A man prepared a feast and he asked them to go out and invite those who will come for the feast. Thank you. Hallelujah. And they began to make excuses. Thank you. Are we there? Look. I'm looking at look. Look. Give me a look. Glory to God. Shout hallelujah. Luke 14, verse 15. 15. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Say, What a blessing it will be. To attend a banquet, then hear the story Jesus told. Jesus told the story. He replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out how many invitations? Many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to do what? To tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. And they all began to make excuses. Hallelujah. One said, I've just bought a field. I must inspect it. I just bought a property. Please excuse me. I want to go and inspect the property. The second one said, verse 18, I have just bought five pairs of what? Five pairs of what? The New King James says five yokes of oxen because they walk in pairs. I illustrated this to you. Two pairs, two animals tied together with a stick on them. And then the agricultural implement is hung on that tree. So I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excuse. Another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Your life will not be full of excuses. In the name of Jesus. So oxen is used to plow the ground and this man says he wants to go and test them. Glory to God. I'm just trying to show you, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters in the faith, that oxen is a, an animal that is fit for service. Shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, what it is, you and I, in our leadership roles as ambassadors for Christ, I want you to know that in as much as God wants us to operate in the lion mode, he also wants us to operate in the ox mode. 
in our leadership roles as leaders and as ambassadors for Christ, God expects that we will serve those that we are leading. He expects that we will serve them and not just serve them, but sometimes we have to make sacrifices for them. Hallelujah. And not just to serve, but to make sacrifices and sacrifices sometimes to those we are leading and more importantly to those who are our masters. Shout hallelujah. And we know that the chief master is our father that is in heaven. Glory to God. Now, let me share this with you very quickly. Let's go to the book of Job. The emphasis of the face of an ox is the fact that God is making a demand on those who will lead that we must serve. And not just serve, but we must make sacrifices. Sacrificial service must be our hallmark. Shout hallelujah. But let's go to the book of Job. And we're going to take some prayers. Job 39. You will recall, if you know the story of Job very well, that the Bible gives, uh, talks about Job being a very righteous man. He was righteous. Not only was he righteous, he eschewed evil. And we know that God made a boast to the devil, whether as the devil was going to and fro, and he came into God's presence. God said to him, have you considered my servant Job? And then devil said, well, you know, it's because you have made an hedge around him. And that's why nobody can touch him. You lift up the hedge and you will see that he will deny you. And God said, not my servant Job. Hallelujah. Not my servant Job. He's not. I lift the hedge around him. Go after him for all you care. Thank God that Job did not disappoint God. May you not disappoint God. When God makes a boast about you to the, to the devil, may you not disappoint him. In the name of Jesus. May you not fall into temptations that will destroy your testimony. May you not fall into temptations that will destroy your destiny. In the name of Jesus. These were tough times for Job. For all his children to be wiped off. For all his businesses to be ruined. For even his health to be affected. These were great temptations. And in the heat of the temptation, Job was tempted. Hallelujah. Let me read a few verses to you. Job 29. He was tempted. Before we go to 39, that is my emphasis. Job 29. Job was tempted. He was, he, he, he was touched. He was moved. The challenges that he went through hit him. It's not easy to you to lose all your children. To lose one is enough pain to, love, to, la to last a lifetime. Not to talk about to lose all your children. But let's hear Job. Not only that, he lost all his businesses. He didn't speak. He began to speak in Job chapter 28. Job's discourse on wisdom. Then in chapter 29, he gave a summary of his defense. Job 29 from verse 1. Job further continued his discourse. My Bible here is NKJV. On, oh, that I was in months past, as in the days when God washed over me, when his lamp shone upon my head, and when his light, I walked through the darkness. So does that mean that his light is no longer with him? It's the lamentations of Job. When his lamp shone upon my head, and when his light, by his light, I walked through darkness. Verse 4. Just as I was in the days of my prime, when the friendly counsel of God was over my tent, 
when the Almighty was with me, when my children were around me, when my steps were buffeted with what? Cream, luxury, and the rock poured out rivers of oil for me. When I went out to the gate by the city, when I took my seats by the open square, glory to God. The young men saw me and they did what? They hid. The aged arose and they stood. The princes refrained from talking and put their hand on their mouth. Can continue. See all his lamentations. This was boast. He was making a boast in the Lord. He was talking about his past life of luxury. He was talking about how he commanded respect in the city gates among the elders. He was talking about the kind of position that he occupied. The voice of nobles were hushed and their tongues stuck to the roof of their mouth if Job stood up to speak. When the ear heard it, then it blessed me. And when the eyes saw it, they approved me. Hallelujah. So it was recounting the kind of life that he lived. Go to 21. Men listened to me and they waited. They kept silence for what? For my counsel. After my words, they did not speak again. And my speech settled on them as. Can you relate with what Job is saying? <laughs> 20, next verse. As they, they waited for me as for the. And they opened their mouth wide as for the springing rain. Can you imagine the kind of position he occupied? If I mocked at them, they did not believe it. And the light of my countenance, they did not cast down. I chose the way for them and sat as what? As chief. So I dwelt as a king in the army, as one who comforts mourners. That was the clouds. Look at this. He had to make this boast in the Lord. Compare this to his situation now. When even his servants were running away from him. He couldn't even call anybody. He that the kings and the princes, that wherever he went to, they would roll out the red carpet. But now the table's turned. Give me chapter 30. Go to chapter 30. Let's see verse 1. But now they mock at me. Men younger than I whose fathers I disdained to put with the dogs of my flock. Hello? Are you, are you following? It says, now they mock at me, men younger than I, whose fathers I disdained to put with the dogs of my flock. Indeed, what profit is the strength of their hands to me? Their vigor has perished. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm trying to let you connect with what I'm about to share with you and the few prayers we're about to pray. So we saw Job, a man of wealth, a man of status in the society, and a man that loved God, that feared God and eschewed evil. A righteous man, a prosperous man, a man that lived in luxury. But when the challenges came, the thing shook him and he began to raise these lamentations. Hallelujah. He raised these lamentations. Go to chapter 31, verse 24. Chapter 31, verse 24. In the midst of it, he did not sin against the Lord. If I have made gold my hope, or set to find gold, you are my confidence. So he didn't say, he didn't, gold was not his God. His confidence was not in gold. If I have made gold my hope, or set to find gold, you are my confidence. If I have rejoiced because of my great wealth, 
because my wealth was great and because my hand had gained much, if I have observed the sun when it shines or the moon moving in brightness so that my heart has been what? Secretly enticed. And my mouth has kissed my hand. Thank God for these luxurious lives. But his hope and his confidence was not in them. His heart was not enticed away to do evil. 28. This also will have been my iniquity, deserving of judgment. For I will have denied God who is above. Hallelujah. But he did not. He did not. In all of this, he raised his lamentations. He voiced his opinion to God. God, why is this happening? Look at these people that are mocking me. But he did not sin. Next verse. I'm going somewhere. If I have rejoiced at the destruction of him who hated me, or lifted myself up when evil found me, found him, indeed, I have not allowed my mouth to sin by asking for a curse on the soul of my enemies. He did not curse his enemies. He says he did not allow his mouth to sin. If the men of my tent have not said, who is there that has not been satisfied with his meat? Shout hallelujah. Glory to God. You can continue on and on and read this beautiful discourse and lamentations of Job. But God replied him in Job 39. Quickly go with me to Job 39. God had to show him that all of this you are saying to me is unnecessary. I've shown kindness to you. I've shown mercy to you. Hallelujah. If I can be compassionate to the inferior creatures and took tender care of them, I'm not going to abandon you. So God asked Job some tough questions. In the midst of those questions, I want to show you the ox to show you that the ox is one that is fit for service. Job 39, let's read from verse 19. Verse number 9, 9 to 12. Job 39, verse 9. Will the wild ox be willing to serve you? Will he bed by your manger? Can you bind the wild ox? In the furrow with ropes? Or will he plow the valleys behind you? Next verse, we are going to 12. Will you trust him because his strength is great? Underline that. The ox has great strength. Or will you leave your labor to him? It's an object of labor, an animal of labor. Next, will you trust him to bring home your grain and gather it to your threshing floor? Hallelujah. Let me paint a picture. These are various questions, about seven of them, that God had to ask Job. But my emphasis here is to highlight the strength of the ox. If you look at the ESV, the English Standard Version, this is talking of the wild ox. Remember my definition of the ox, a large domesticated animal. Hallelujah. So there is the wild ox, and then there is the tamed ox that is used even to, for, for farming purposes. But my emphasis here is on the fact that Job, God was asking Job, will you depend on him because his strength is great? 
that all of this you are saying, can you tame the wild ox? Can you tame that animal that normally when I tame and domesticate it for your use, are you, do you have enough strength to tame it by yourself? Glory to God. Can I have a big amen? I'm sure you know the answer. Is it, can anybody make a wild ox profitable for service to him? It's not in us, it's in the almighty God. Can I have an amen? In other words, even though the ox is an animal that is fit for service and sacrificial service, unless God is able to rest upon us, there is no much difference between the wild ox and men. Hallelujah. As we have men that cannot be tamed like the wild ox, we also have men that will yield themselves even for service. Can I have an amen? Is it everybody that is disposed to serving the Lord? No. Let me ask a few questions. Number one, or please write this down. From this passage, a disposition to labor or service is as much the gift of God as an ability for it. The wild ox has great strength, but it cannot be tamed. God was saying, can you tame him? Is it possible? Will you depend on him because his strength is great? Will you leave to him your labor? Do you have faith in him that he will return your grain and gather it to your threshing floor? So a disposition to labor or service is as much the gift of God as an ability for it. In other words, the fact that you have ability to serve does not mean you will have a disposition to serve. Can I have an amen? It does not mean you have a disposition to serve. The lion has great strength but may not have any disposition for service. The lion is the king of the jungle. He stays where it is. He's always eating or looking for food and bring it and then stays. He does nothing. So in as much as God wants you to operate the lion mode, you cannot in isolation. You also need the service mode. Can I have an amen? You, have, you need the service mode. So the first point I've given you is that in as much as you have the ability to serve, you also need to ask for the disposition to be able to serve. Shout hallelujah. It is a gift from the Lord. It is a gift from the Lord. Service is a gift from the Lord. I shared with you Psalm 72 verse 1. That service, leadership is a gift from the Lord. In the same manner, service is a gift from the Lord. Number two thing from this Job passage. It is a great mercy. If where God gives you the strength for service, he also gives you a heart to serve. A heart to serve is the mercy of God. And we're going to be praying for that. The mercy of God. That he has given you the strength to serve. That you also will have a heart for service. Do you know something? Do you know that there are certain people that just don't have a heart to serve? Shout hallelujah. They just don't have a heart to serve. They're just not disposed to serving. Have you shared flat with some folks before? And they never take the broom to sweep the house. How many of you have experienced that? Those of you went to campus and you are living off campus. They will never, there's nothing you do, they will never. If you don't clean the place, the 
from beginning of semester till the end. They are just not disposed to service. They don't have the heart to serve. And when such folks get married, be they women or men, or begin to work in an office, the disposition is not there. And what you don't have, you cannot give. Can I have an amen? So the, the heart to serve is given by the mercy of the Lord. Number, number, number three. As among beasts, so among men. Those may justly be reckoned wild and abandoned to the deserts who have no mind either to take pains or to do good. In other words, there are some people, they just cannot do good. They can't. They're not, just not disposed to it. And just like we have the wild ox, even though it has great strength, you cannot tame it to serve you. Shout hallelujah. I'm saying the same thing in three different ways because we will use it to pray. Can I have an amen? Can I have a big amen? Just like you have brute beasts, even though they have great strength, their strength is useless to humanity. Their strength is useless to the society. In the same way we have men, even though they have the strength, they have the ability, they have the grace, but they have refused to deploy it for the service of humanity. May that not be your portion. I said, may that not be your portion in the name of Jesus. And that is what we are going to pray for. And reason into ourselves that God should grant us the grace, the disposition, and the mercy to be able to serve. And not just serve, but to be able to serve sacrificially in the name of Jesus. Can I have a big amen? For the next five minutes, let me try and round up this service. So we have said the face of an ox stands for service and sacrifice or sacrificial service. Recall that we did say to us that the four faces of leadership represents the four faces or perspectives of Jesus' leadership typified by the four gospels. The face of the lion, royalty, stands or typifies Jesus' perspectives of leadership as represented or captured in the book or the gospel according to St. Matthew. The book of Mark is what captures the service life and the sacrificial life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Shout hallelujah. The value of the ox's service lies not in his lineage or authority as we saw for the lion, but in his actual service and work. This life of service corresponds to the perspective of Jesus' teachings and leadership as demonstrated in the Gospel of Mark. Hallelujah. Let me read to you the preface to the Gospel of Mark in the book of Matthew. Hallelujah. In the book of, um, in the New King James Version, my apologies. The message of Mark's Gospel is captured in a single verse. In a single verse. For, and that is in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Give me Mark 10, 45. New King James Version. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? But to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
The preface to the book of Mark continues. It says, chapter by chapter, the book unfolds the dual focus of Christ's life, service and sacrifice. Service and sacrifice. Mark portrays Jesus as a servant on the move, instantly responsive to the will of the Father. By preaching, teaching, and healing, he ministers to the needs of others, even to the point of death. Hallelujah. He was continually teaching, preaching, ministering, healing until the point of death. So Mark depicts our Lord Jesus Christ. Tells us the dual focus of Jesus' life. Service and sacrifice. After the resurrection, he commissions his followers to continue his work in his power. In other words, servants following in the footsteps of the perfect servants. End of quotes. Glory to God. Friends, the book of Mark was written to the Roman audience. And the Romans, they were not concerned about your lineage. You, that's why you will not find any genealogy in the book of Mark. All they were concerned about was your accomplishment and your service. What are you able to accomplish? Glory to God. Sacrifice was also an important factor to the Roman audience in that it was the highest form of service as long as the service was in service to the master. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Mark highlights that dual focus of Jesus' life, service and sacrifice. And that's what the ox stands for. The ox is a symbol of an animal that is fit for service and not just service, but for sacrifice. Shout hallelujah. Friends, as I round up this morning, for lack of time, I will take you to Romans chapter 12 on Thursday by the grace of God. But friends, write this down. The oxen mode of being and doing is different from the lion mode. And it requires a different set of values and desires. It is different. It's different from the lion mode and requires a different set of values and desires. However, this does not negate the lion mode, but augments it. It augments it. It extends it. It expands it. Hallelujah. Let me give you five of those values. Number one, service in humility. Number two, service is greatness. Matthew 23, 11. Luke 22, 26. Number three, service as unto the Lord and not unto man. Service as unto the Lord and not unto man. It is Christ that we serve. Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 to 25. Number four, service in fervency, not slothfully. Service in fervency, not slothfully. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. And under that, you can still write service in enthusiasm. Service is kingdom business. Number six, service is kingdom business. Service is business. It is business. 
And number seven, serving one another in love. Serving one another in love. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. The ugly mode of being and doing is different from the lion mode and it requires a different set of values and desires. However, it does not negate the lion mode. It only augments it. And we have given us six values that must characterize the oxen mode kind of leadership. Service in humility. Service is greatness. Service as unto the Lord and not unto man. Service in fervency, not slothfully. Then service is kingdom business and serving one another in love. Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. The, the oxen face of leadership highlights service and sacrifice. Sacrificial service. God is calling us as leaders. And remember I've told you this. Somebody says, well, I'm not yet a leader. You'll be, you'll be the best leader if you learn to lead yourself first. He's calling you to a life of service in humility. Service. Sacrificial service. That is what God is calling us to by drawing our attention to the ox mode, the oxen mode of leadership. I pray God that we imprint this upon the tables of our hearts. I pray God we write this into our DNA. I pray God by his spirit we write this upon the tables of our hearts. I pray God we elevate us and bring us into that level where we begin to serve sacrificially. In the name of Jesus. Where service and sacrifice becomes the dual focus of our lives. Either in the marketplace, in our businesses, in church, in our home, in our families. We'll see service as a duty in the name of Jesus. Let's rise up on our feet this morning. Father, we are grateful to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, we are grateful to you. Thank you. We give you praise. We worship you. We adore you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, write these upon into our DNA. Imprint it upon the tables of our hearts. Yes, Lord, the dual focus of your life as depicted in the book of Gospel of Mark is service and sacrifice. You served up to the point of death. And even when you died, you still extended this life of service to your followers. Father, help us. Help us to imbibe this into our spirit. We know it's not by power. Neither is it by might. It can only be by your spirit. Help us, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Rakapushe kataria basakata. Leriemo sinfiria pakaze gatuta. Mezembro kaze gatuta. Kalarapo shenketerieva zagata. Kalarapa kaze potu karapaka jaketete pozugataria mazata. Mengelerepo sopra kazente di basata. Eh. Mesempra kopa zenterieva zata. Topra kaze gatote pashekata. Service in humility. Service is greatness. Service is kingdom business. Service in love. Help us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Help us to serve enthusiastically. Help us, O Lord, to serve in love. In the name of Jesus. Rako Pashekatoria Mazata. 
Mizanda rabase prako shekete. Mezento taprako pazeta rima shata. Hey, marabaka shekato praka zegaterie. Father, we thank you. Service will become our hallmark. It will become our hallmark as leaders. It will become our hallmark as leaders. Sacrificial service will become our hallmark. Lord, we serve our followers. We serve those we are leading. And we serve you and sacrifice for you, our maker. Thank you, Father. We worship your majesty. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And the people of God say, all heads bowed and all eyes closed this morning. If you are here this morning, if you have not given your life over to Jesus, if you want to say yes to Jesus, yes, you want to say yes to him, you want him to be your Lord and Savior, I would like you to raise up your right hand wherever you are to Just raise it up to God this morning. It's here. His presence is here. Raise it up above your head. Or you are already born again, but you are not yet baptized in the Holy Spirit with the initial vocal evidence of speaking with other tongues. Please raise up your right hand to God. Raise it up to Him. Raise it up to Him. You are born again. You are a child of God, but you are not yet baptized in the Holy Spirit. Raise it above your head. God bless you. I would love to pray with you. I would love to pray with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Just raise it above your head. Raise it above your head. Raise it above your head. God bless you. If you are raising your hand, please step forward. I would love to pray with you, brother. Sister, just come. I would love to pray with you. God bless you. So that you can receive the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's only by my spirit, says the Lord. Father, we thank you. Blessed be your holy name. We wash. Is there any other person? Just come. Just come. You are in the presence of your Father. He's the Father of all spirits. Yes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Please say after me, brother. Father, I come before you as your child. Accept me the way I am. Accept me the way I am. I believe I'm a sinner. But I also believe that Jesus went to the cross to die for me, to save me, to redeem me from my sins, from my sickness, and from death. I believe in what he did for me on the cross of Calvary. I confess him today that he is my Lord and is my Savior. I make up my mind to follow him all the days of my life from this day forward and forever. Amen. I would love to pray with you, brother. Father, thank you for your son, whom it has pleased to bring to yourself. Accept him into the beloved in the name of Jesus. And today, the fifth day of November 2023, write his name in your book of life in the name of Jesus. Let today be a memorial for him. Yes, Lord, a new day in the name of Jesus. We join the host of heaven that are rejoicing that your son has come home to you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And Lord, as your son will be prayed for, let his heart be open to receive the baptism of your spirit in his fullness. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And the people of God say, and we have come to the end of yet another intriguing session of the PPA Fan Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. 
We hope this message has touched your heart and inspired you to be a light in your marketplace. So, in order to stay connected and access more empowering content, kindly visit our website at pbfn.org. Now, always remember, you are a citizen of heaven and God's ambassador here on earth. May God's love and grace guide you in all your endeavors. Until next time, goodbye and God bless.